the Pistons finally did it. They finally broke their 200-game losing streak with a win against the Miami Heat last night. What happened? We'll talk about that in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out pricepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. And we got a few things we got to talk about before we even get into the game. So first, we did it. We crossed over 1,000 subscribers over on YouTube. Got to clap it up for you guys. Thank you so much for helping me get over there, helping me get to 1,000 subscribers over to the Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel. I really appreciate it. We crossed it, actually, I believe, by the time you guys listened to it, four days ago, but we haven't had a podcast since last Thursday. Uh, So this is the first time I get to tell you guys. We did cross over 1,000 subscribers. I believe we're sitting on 1050 right now. We're doing a really good job over there. I want to thank you guys again. Thank you for helping me get there. Our goal was by the end of the year, and we did that. Uh, We ended up doing it with 15 days to spare. So, again, thank you guys for helping us get there. It's, that's all you guys, obviously. So I appreciate all the love and support you guys support me with. I, I really appreciate it. Um, but also another thing I want to let you guys know, if you guys are listening to this in the morning of the 20th, I will be heading over. I will be live on the morning radio show at Woodward Sports. I will be talking about the Pistons over there. So if you guys want to find me over there after you guys listen to the podcast, make sure you guys go do that. Again, I'll be on live the radio, sh- uh, the live radio morning show of Woodward Sports over there. So go check me out over there talking about the Pistons if you guys want to hear some more talk after you guys listen to this podcast. Uh, But yeah, let's get into the games now. The Pistons won against the Miami Heat, 100-90. to They finally break their losing streak. And it honestly came kind of, you know, I don't think people really predicted or or you guys would predict how it happened. If I told you Kate Cunningham only had four points, you'd probably say the Pistons lost this game. You'd probably say they lost by a lot. They did not lose by a lot. They won by 10 points. They won by double figures. So how did it happen? So this is how it happened. And there's going to be one player I want to talk about in, in particular. Uh, but I, I want to kind of outline what happened within this game and why K. Cunningham only ended up with four points and why this is going to be a learning excuse me, a learning experience for him moving forward and something he's going to have to get used to seeing. Uh, if he's going to be the player he was this past nine games, averaging 22 points a game, shooting like 50% from the field, 48% from deep, all that kind of stuff. If he's going to be that face of the franchise guy, that one of the best players in the NBA type of stuff, he has to get used to this kind of thing. I actually thought he did fine with what Miami threw at him today. So basically, what Miami did was, you know, Kay Cunningham's their best player. Jeremy Grant's out. We don't really trust anyone else to make plays. So what we're going to do every time Kay Cunningham runs a pick and roll, anytime they run a handoff of Kay Cunningham, anytime Kay basically touches the ball, any other of his teammates come to the come to him with a screen or a handoff, anything like that at all. They're double-teaming, outright double-teaming him, trapping him, getting the ball out of his hands. So that resulted in only getting four shots up. So first, I want to say this. I like the fact, honestly, I feel like the Pistons could have done a better job to try to help him out, try to get him some looks off-ball, try to get him some like off-ball screens or something to give him the ball and give him some scoring without him having to create himself if they know that teams are going to do this to him and, and about the double-team. I feel like they could have helped him out a little bit with that. But to be honest, I, I like that they didn't for a certain reason, because I feel like that helps him, you know, 
learn how he has to attack these kind of situations, how he needs to read the plays and all that. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if Dwayne Casey did that on purpose to try to make him go through this and understand, all right, you're being trapped. You have to know how to read this. You have to know how to play this. You have to know how to do all these things. So I wouldn't be shocked if that was the reasoning for it. I don't think he'll come out and say that, but I wouldn't be shocked if that was the reasoning. Uh, but I like the fact that Kate honestly only had four jump shots or four shot attempts in this game if this is how uh, Miami wanted to play him. He could have went out there and chucked up bad shot after bad shot, try to take, you know, shots over double teams, you know, try to force things because you're getting frustrated that he's not getting a shot up. He didn't do that. He ended up getting 10 assists in this game. Now, he did have four turnovers, and two of them did come at the end of the game, uh, some sloppy turnovers. He ended up traveling on one turnover, I believe, like a minute and 50 left, and then got called for an offensive uh, charge uh, like 20 seconds later. So two of them came in that little quick spurt. But before that, I thought he was doing, a honestly, he wasn't doing an amazing job, but I thought he did a pretty damn good job for his first time really seeing double-team Stoneham nonstop. He ended up with 10 assists, and before that quick spurt, he only had two turnovers. So he basically had a 5-to-1 turnover ratio. He was finding his guys wide open. He was letting his teammates create off the gravity that he was creating by the, the Miami Heat trapping him. And that was something, you know, we kind of hit on that a little bit a few games ago or however, I forget how long ago it was. It might have been like a week and a half ago now when that uh, end of play game, uh, end of play, not end of play, end of game play, uh, a few weeks ago, whenever it was, uh, that Kate was inbounding the ball. And my biggest thing was, you don't want to have Kate on the floor to use his gravity. Teams are going to look at him. And you can use his gravity, to open up a shot from someone else. You saw it here today. Kate's gravity opened up the game for everyone else and helped everyone else have a better game. So, you know, you saw Hamadou Diallo go out there, shoot seven of 10 from the field, had 15 points. You saw Sadiq Bey go out there and drop 26 points, a seven of 13 shooting. We'll talk more about him later on. Uh, but you saw Sadiq Bey have a good game. You saw Killian Hayes go out there and drop 11 after not playing. I believe he only played three minutes in the first half. The rest of his minutes, he had zero points in the first half, played three minutes because he had foul trouble. He scored 11 points in the second half, was a plus nine in 20 minutes. You saw Killian start to you know feed off of Kay Cunningham being double teamed. You saw Frank Jackson score 12. You saw Corey Joseph come out and score nine. You saw Trey Lyles come out here and, shoot and score eight. You saw even Luca Garza come out here in his limited minutes of seven minutes and score five points. A lot of that I would attribute to the fact that Kate Cunningham was being double teamed majority of the game, and he was either one fighting the open guy or making that extra pass so the next person could make the open find the open guy. See, Kate doesn't just have to get the assist for it to be for the scoring on that on a certain possession to be because of him. When he gets double teamed and he hits a roller, let's say I saw him do this once with Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart rolling to the basket, he hits Isaiah Stewart rolling, and Isaiah Stewart ends up making a kick out to the corner. I don't believe Sadiq Bay hit this corner three. But that play, if you would have hit it, would have been attributed to Kay Cunningham making the right play and forcing a four and three advantage for the Pistons instead of holding it too long, trying to dribble out of it, turning the ball over, scoring it. No, I feel like he really was patient the majority of the game. He accepted the fact that he wasn't going to get many shots up tonight and that he was going to have to find other players to try to help him and try to you know get his teammates involved and let them take advantages of the four and three that were being created because of him. So I, I thought that he did actually a pretty good job of it. Again, if the Pistons were... Again, I feel like Dwayne Casey kind of did this on purpose. Not didn't help him out as much off because he wanted him to go through this. So I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think that's actually a good idea. I thought he reacted good to it. But if if you wanted to pick at something and the Pistons are like trying to win, like get to the playoffs or something, uh, if, if that was the scenario, the Pistons probably could have done a better job of trying to you know get him the ball off ball, try to get some off ball screens for him, give him some backdoor uh, cuts, try to give him some mismatches on the block, you know, all those kind of things to get him away from just picking rolls where they can double team him. But again, like I said, I think Dwayne Casey kind of did that on purpose. He wanted him to go through this. I thought Cade acted, you know, reacted well to it. I thought he played well with it. He was a plus four 
on the court. Again, like I said, he had 10 assists and two turnovers before those two quick turnovers at the end of the game. I thought he played decently well. I thought he reacted well. It wasn't like a, a, a pretty game, I guess you could say, from Cade. I'm sure fans didn't go out there and just have like the, the best time ever seeing Cade get 10 assists and making the right play over and over. But I thought you saw him make the right play a lot of times tonight. And I thought that's gonna I think this is gonna be a great film session for him and something a great uh learning experience for him as well, moving forward, knowing how to react and how to play teams when they do this to him. Because it's gonna happen a lot more from here on out. Teams know that the Pistons don't have much out of Kay Cunningham when it comes to offensive uh, you know, scoring ability. And they know that Cade has really coming along. He's started to find his footing, he's really playing great basketball. So it's gonna happen more. So I hope he starts, you know, he he reacts the same way how he did tonight or last night, depending on when you listen to this. And, you know, makes the right play over and over. Moving forward, I, I, he's going to have to eventually find ways to score as well. But I thought this was a good step in the right direction. I liked what I saw from K tonight and how he reacted to being constantly doubled and making the right play. So I thought that was really fun to see. Again, like I said, the, the normal fan probably didn't like go out there and see him only get four shots up. But I thought what he did out there contributed heavily to the Pistons being able to win. And his gravity was on display tonight for the Pistons and all the people watching. Uh, but when we come back, Let's talk about Sadiq Bey, man. You guys know that Sadiq Bey has been under heavy fire for about 20 games because he has been playing completely awful. Jen Jeremy Grant got hurt, and now, oh no, we might have a situation on our hands. We got to talk about that in the segment coming up. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you guys a little bit about Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has helped over 2 million users and helped them save over $100 million. Don't fall for the subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And again, I want to thank you guys for helping us get to 1,000 subscribers. But we're not going to stop there. We're not going to just accept 1,000 subscribers. We want to get to 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000. We want to keep going. So if you have not already, go head over to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. We did hit our goal of 1,000 subscribers, so I really appreciate that. But we don't want to stop there. We want to show we are the fa- the best fan base on the Locked On Network. Let's get this subscribers, the subscriber count all the way up as high as we possibly can. I appreciate you guys who have already got there to help me get to 1,000 subscribers, I should say. I appreciate it, but let's keep going. Let's keep shooting for higher heights. Let's see what we can do. Uh, but let's say, you know, uh, let's see in a few months where we can be in like three months from now. Can we get to 2,000 in, in three months? Let's see if we can do that. Um, but let's go ahead and get back into, into the game. So Sadiq Bey, like I, just, like I said before, he went into the ad break. He had been struggling for about 20 games. And, you know, you guys heard me start to have a little bit of, you know, I, I really was starting to get a little concerned about Sadiq. I think it was warranted, too. I don't think I was just, like, off base to do that. And there was a lot of other people, too, getting worried about him. It wasn't just the fact that he was missing open shots or, you know, not shooting the ball well. It was the fact that his processing was just – it hit – you know, through the first four games, it looked like he improved his processing and his his feel for the game, IQ, and um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, his read of the defense and being able – how quickly he was reading defenses. That's what I'm trying to say. It looks like through the first four games he was doing really well doing that. And then it just completely crashed down beneath the earth for the next 20 games, and he was bad. He was passing up open shots. He was taking shots he won't make. He was passing up open shots to take tougher shots from beyond the arc. He was turning the ball. It, it was just all, all around bad for Sadiq. It was really bad and really tough to watch. However, then Jeremy Grant gets hurt. And Sadiq Bey is now the starting four, which one of you guys tweeted at me and asked, is Sadiq better at the four? Is this something we should talk about? Well, you know, I'm talking about it now. So Jeremy Grant gets hurt, and Sadiq Bey is now the starting four with Hamadou Diallo on the floor. Now, Hamadou Diallo is not going to soak up touches like Jeremy Grant. He's going to get his touches in when he can. He's going to, you know, he's going to touch the ball. He's either going to swing it. He's going to attack the lane. There's not going to be no isos. Uh, he's going to make up for some uh, some points in transition, off offensive rebounds. But he's not going to soak up the ball and soak up time like Jeremy Grant would. So that's opened up the game a little bit more for Sadiq Bey. And I personally feel like, and I'm going to dive into the numbers later on, and we'll talk about this in the next podcast, I think the offense has honestly flowed better without Jeremy Grant. Uh, there's been times where they went through little spells. But I think overall, you know, outside the first half against the Heat, which I don't think we should really count because Cade and Killian both were out like a lot of the first half because they had injury, uh, not injury, uh, foul trouble. Killian, like I said, only played like three or four minutes. So I don't think we should really count that. In the second half, they really started to pick it up again offensively. I think the Pistons have looked pretty good without Jeremy Grant offensively. I honestly feel like they've looked worse defensively. I think that's where they've missed them the most. Offensively, I thought they've actually looked decently fine. Uh, maybe even better, honestly. Flowing a little bit better, at least in the starting lineup. But let's get back to Sadiq. So since uh, Jeremy Grant has been missing, not missing. Let me not say that man's been, like, kidnapped or something. <laughs> missing. I, you would think I'm talking about this man that got kidnapped. We don't know where he's at. Uh, since he got hurt, this is what Sadiq Bey has done. He has had 28 points. 10 rebounds and five assists against the Indiana Pacers, where he shot 9 of 17 from the floor, 3 of 8 from deep, 7 of 7 from the free throw line. Then the next game against the Houston Rockets, he had 23 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, shot 9 of 16 from the floor, 3 of 7 from the three-point line. And then you have today, or last night, whenever you're listening to this, Sadiq Bey had 26 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, no turnovers, got to the free throw line 10 times. You heard me, 10 times. On 7 of 13 shooting, 3 of 6 from deep. So Sadiq Bey has been playing absolutely lights out since Jeremy got hurt. He is playing really well for the Pistons and picking up the, the slack that was left over by Jeremy Grant. He has taken, there was some a, a few plays today against the Heat that I absolutely, it's like what I've been begging for Sadiq to go back to doing. And he was getting back to that today. So, I, But I want to point this out first, actually, before we get to that. Sadiq shot 10 of free throws today. He shot seven free throws two games ago. I'll say this. You guys know I'm not the biggest fan of Sadiq Bey trying to create for himself, trying to go ISO. I don't think that's what he was doing today. He was taking advantage of, of defenders who were closing out fast on him. He was acting quickly and decisive, attacking lanes. And when he did, he, he this is something I see that he's starting to realize over the last few games. I don't know if he'll continue to do it. It's one of those things that go up and down. But hopefully he learns this as his career pro goes on. He's stronger than just about anybody that goes in front of him. So he realistically could draw fouls. Now, he, it's going to be tough. He's going to get blocked a lot of times because he has like a negative vertical when he gets contact. He has like a negative vertical, but he's stronger than everybody. So when he bounces people off, he could really draw fouls around the rim. And he's doing a good – he's starting to learn how to, you know, coax fouls out of people. And he's doing that a really good job. He's done a really good job of that the last three games. And that's probably what I love the most tonight from him is that he got to the free throw line 10 times, made it easy on him, 
force guys to get physical with them, which creates foul calls for himself, gets the free throw line. I love that. I, I, and it, like I said, it didn't come from him going ISO. That that's something I've been trying to say to people about Sadiq. He doesn't have to go isolation to score twenty plus points a game. He can be that same player he was and just create off of that. Guys who close out a little too fast, give him a little window to attack off the dribble straight into a lane, not ISO for five seconds and be stuck. I thought I think he's doing a good job of that right now and picking his spots. And that that's the great that's why I love to see the most out of him. I think he's picking his spots now and doing it much smarter than he was earlier in, uh, throughout the majority of this season so far. However, next thing I wanted to say that I liked from Sadiq tonight. Now I've said this all year, and this is something I've been wanting to see from him. There's been too many times where, like, yes, a guy will get like a late contest or he'll have a hand up in his face, but shooters should shoot it anyways. If he's not draped all over you, you get a kick out, you need to let that bleep fly. Like, go, go, go. Let it go. Let it fly. You're a shooter. You're a knockdown shooter. If they're not up in your space, if they got a little hand up, that shouldn't bother you as much. Like, as long as they're not up in you and, like, making it to where you can't really load up into your shot, I want to see him get that boy up. Get the shot up. Keep going. And he did that a lot tonight. He drew a foul on a three-point opportunity over, I believe it was in the right corner because he let it go immediately and the guy closed out too hard. There was another time when he, uh, Kate Cunningham dished it out to him on the left wing, I believe, and he just let it go instantly, drained it. There's a lot. Sadiq can get those shots off. And the reason why he wasn't because he was thinking too much. He needs to stop thinking so much and trying to think, okay, what can I do here? What can I do here? Just play. Play your game. Your game is outside shooting, and when guys close out too hard on you, then you score off of that. And that's something that he he was doing tonight, and he's done recently. He's letting it go. He's letting it fly. He doesn't. If you're not all the way up in him, he's going to let it go. And if you are, that's when he's being decisive and getting straight to the basket and drawing free throws. I really like what we've seen from Sadiq over the last three games. Now, I'll, I just want to say this before we end the, the segment. He had a really good first four games of the season, and then it crashed down to the earth, and he played awful for the next 20 games. Now, I love what we've seen from him these past three games, but we need to see him continue to play this. He doesn't need to score 23 points, 25 points every game. He can score 15 points, 18 points, 13 points, and that would be fine as long as he's doing the same stuff and he's having his same process and he's impacting the game the same type of way. He doesn't need to score 20 points in order for it to be a good game by him, but if he keeps playing like this, that would be fine. That would be great by him. So we want to see him continue to play like this, continue to make great decisions with the ball, continue to be decisive and be quick with your with your decisions and not sit there and put yourself in bad positions by trying to isolate for too long. I think he's doing a really good job of that lately and I think it's an interesting conversation to have that he is starting to play this good now that Jeremy's gone. I'm all for training Jeremy Grant. I don't think that he fits this as much as I did a year ago. Uh, I, I don't think he's a bad, an awful fit, but I don't think he's a great fit either. I think the Pistons should try to recoup on assets off of him. I think it would be a great signing by Troy Reaver if he signed uh, Jeremy Grant last year for only $20 million and then flipped him for great assets before having to pay him, what, like $27, $28 million next year on an extension. I think that would be a hell of a signing and would be a great move by Troy Reaver. And I think Sadiq Bay's play, if he continues this, would be another reason to do it. Because the Pistons, and, you know, we're going to talk about this in a, you know, I might actually talk about this at the end of the podcast. I had something else I wanted to talk about, but we might talk about this. Hamadou Dial is fitting extremely well with the Pistons in the starting lineup. Everyone was like, you know, he doesn't have outside shooting. He's going to hurt the outside shooting. Well, you know, you guys didn't think about the fact that he's a great slasher. He attacks lanes fast, and it speeds the game up for the Pistons. The ball moves a lot better, and they run and transition a lot more, and Hamadou Dial is fantastic at that. And he's not going to soak up time in the shot clock. Either he's going to go, either he's going to get to that rim, score and draw a foul, or he's going to pass that ball and he's going to keep it moving. Jeremy Grant doesn't do that. 
I feel like the offense has really flowed a lot better. It's opened up the game a little bit for Sadiq. It's opened up the game a little bit more for Cade to have more touches, more touches for Sadiq. And, I, you know, there's so much I want to talk about, man. We're going to have to talk about this throughout the week. But the other thing I want to talk about at some point this week is how they're now staggering Killian and Cade. And it's I think it's look, working really well. They, they feed off each other. Uh, when they're on the floor, they can they can feed off each other. I like how they look on the floor when they're, you know, they're finding each other. But staggering each other, I think, is where you're getting the most value out of them as well. And they're doing that combined with what Sadiq's bringing, combined with what Hamadou Diallo's bringing. I think that's – I really like what I'm seeing from them offensively thus far. Uh, but when we come back, I guess – man, what – I had something planned that I wanted to talk about, but now I kind of do want to talk about Hamadou Diallo. Man. You know, I'm not going to tell you guys yet. I, I'm going to decide during the ad break. I don't know which one I want to talk about now because I'm really hyped now. Uh, but anyways, stay tuned for what we're going to talk about after the break. But first, let me tell you guys a little bit about one of our sponsors. You guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing from. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie? Cherry or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Foot Bar gives you that extra fuel. You'll need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers in this final week of Christmas shopping. I know I need all the energy. I, I need all the energy possible for this last week. I have to still get presents for my family. I have to finish Christmas shopping for Megan. I need this Foot Bar to give me some fuel, man. I know it will give you guys some too. Or if you're just standing in those endless shopping lines, Foot Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because of the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar fa- flavor at family parties. People are so pass- passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it. Things can get out of hand. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Fenline AG. Fenline has you covered all season. More props odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Fenline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% local bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Fenline is the fastest and it's the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So go check out their mobile website and update desktop to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Bellline, where the game starts. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button. We are now over a thousand subscribers. I really appreciate you guys for showing me all that love and support. Seriously, I really appreciate it. Um, but you know, let's go. Let's get back to talking about the Pistons, man. One thing I want to mention real quick before we talk about any more anything else we've seen over the last three games or anything we've seen, uh, you know, the, uh, against the Miami Heat. It's kind of shocking that the Pistons haven't had no one go into COVID protocols. I think – are the Pistons the only team in the league who haven't had anyone get entered into health and safety protocols? Like, the Pistons are running a tight ship or something. I, I don't know. They're just lucky. I know all the players are vaccinated. I, I believe that report came out before the season that the entire team was vaccinated. Excuse me, but even vaccinated players are getting uh, getting uh, the the virus right now. 
uh, people, they're suggesting to get uh, boosters because the vaccine may be wearing off or, you know, not as strong as it was initially. All that, whatever. But not, not getting into that, but simply it's it's, it's kind of crazy that the Pistons haven't had anybody go into health and safety protocols yet. Now now that I say that, I'm probably going to look down at my phone. Uh, if I look down at my phone now that I'm, after I'm done editing the podcast, I'm going to see like three players get entered in just because I said something. But, yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool and, and, and interesting. And it says a lot, but I think the Pistons management and coaching staff and the players themselves, that they're like, you know, running a tight ship. They're keeping their eye on the goal, even with them losing. You know, with with the way the Pistons are playing and losing, you think they, you know, have to find things outside the court to like have fun and enjoy themselves. But, you know, it seems like that they're still zeroed in on the season, zeroed in what's on, what's important right now, and that's basketball. And they're not risking themselves getting into, you know, health and safety protocols, which I think is really cool to see. And hopefully it continues like that. Now, obviously, they can't really – some. Some people can't really help it. You just get it, and you don't even know. But I do think it's pretty cool that the Pistons haven't had nobody. And I think that speaks highly of the players, the coaching staff, and management that they're, you know, running a little bit of a tight ship, I feel like. So good on them. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to talk about Hamdou Diallo real quick, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. Uh, also, actually, I want, I want to shout out Killian Hayes. You guys know I'm a big Killian Hayes guy. Uh, but I, I absolutely loved how he responded in the second half. Like I said, he only played like three or four minutes in this game in the first half because of foul trouble, and he could have came out in the second half. That's a big mental thing. Some players don't answer it right. Some people will come out since they're already out the game flow. They'll be out, checked out, and they won't ever have an impact in the game because they basically didn't even get to play in the first half. But Killian did not do that. He came out, I believe he scored eight points in the third quarter alone, and then he hit a big-time dagger three from the right wing at the end of the game. Uh, I, I thought he did a really good job. He got to the free throw line twice. Uh, I like to see him be aggressive. He came out in that second half, and he was aggressive from the get-go. He said, I'm going to have an impact on this game. I barely got to play in the first half. I'm going to come out and have an impact on this game. I really like to see that from him. He ended the game with 11 points, two rebounds, just one assist, and one steal. But he was a plus nine on the floor in his 20 minutes of action. I, I really liked what we saw from Killian in that second half. Uh, and he absolutely crossed the living hell out of Deadman. Deadman went flying at the end of that fourth quarter. He missed a pull-up. You have to hit that, man. I was going to go crazy. Uh, but he missed it. Either way, I liked what I saw from Killian in the second half. I thought it was really good from him. And he ended up scoring 11 points, I believe, like 16 minutes in the second half. That's good good to see from him. Uh, but also, I want I think everyone needs to make, uh, keep their eye on his outside shooting. He only shot one of three tonight. It's not awful. But like we talked about, I believe we talked about this in the last podcast. No, I didn't talk about this in the last podcast. He's shooting around 28% since he injured his thumb. And he came back from his uh, – and he's been playing through it. Obviously, that's probably going to hinder him throughout the entirety of the season. And it's just something he's going to have to deal with. But people aren't going to give him that excuse. No one's going to give him that excuse. Uh, and he, you know, he has to get back around where he was the first, like, 15, 16 games of the season where he was shooting, like, 38% from beyond the arc. Now, it's on his shooting hand. It's going to be tough. But that part of the game, him developing that part of the game and how 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 developed that was at the beginning of the season was what made, what, what made him look so much better on the court was he was able to play off of that and he was able to play off ball more. Now, whether he's injured or not, whether he's having to sh- play through that finger, we, uh, his thumb, we all know that. But you still have to hit the shots. You're going to be out there. And I, I, he really needs to get back to where he was towards the beginning of the season, somewhere around like 35 36%. Because uh, people aren't going to give him that excuse. And you can't have – it's going to be sucky to see a second season in a row get like hindered by an injury for him if that thumb ends up hindering his outside shooting prolonged uh, for the rest of the season. But – I hope not. I think it's something that all of us need to keep our eyes on. But anyways, let's talk about Hamdu Diallo just real quick before we end the podcast. He had seven of he shot seven of ten from the field tonight, had 15 points in just 29 minutes of action. Again, I said 
for the longest, for like the last two weeks before Jeremy Grant got hurt, that I thought him and Diallo had been deserving of possibly bumping Sadiq Bay out the starting lineup uh, and just getting more minutes. Now, Jeremy Grant ended up getting hurt. That ended up meaning more minutes for him to Diallo and Sadiq Bay, and they both have responded extremely well. I think Diallo fits extremely well with the starting lineup, not because you know he can't really shoot from the outside, but he attacks the lane. The Pistons desperately have needed somebody who can just attack the lane and is just a freak athlete. They've needed that for a long, like, years. And they finally had that in Diallo. He, it's one of the funnest things for me to watch of him, like literally attacking the tiniest of windows on driving lanes. He just he just explodes right through it, bro. It's it's hard to stop him getting to the lane. He's a, he's a freak athlete. And the way you know, I talked about this a few weeks ago, maybe even I think it was a month ago, what he does in his drives is something I tried I tried learning and and, and perfecting growing up. I'm not the freakiest athlete he is, obviously, so I wasn't able to do it. But his balance is wild. He's able to, like, it's just, I don't even know how to explain. He's able to, like, when he drives, guys will be up on him and, like, cutting off his drives, and you think that they have him cut off. But, like, instead of him, like, rounding, he's able to somehow, like, you know, attack their inside foot and still, like, get an angle to where all of a sudden where he's – it looks like that he's clamped up for, like, majority of his drive all of a sudden he gets this last step around him he got to live it's like I, I don't know i don't know how else to explain it if you guys watch you guys know what i'm saying but his balance the amount of balance you have to have to maintain that it's it's crazy you combine that with his freakish athleticism it's one of my favorite things to watch it's crazy uh but yeah he's been playing extremely well he's a plus 16 tonight for the pistons uh somewhere where he needs to improve though and something that I, i've seen some pistons fans point out and i saw it on display a lot tonight individual defense he's pretty decent team defense he's awful off ball defense he's pretty bad uh, he will get a weak side block every now and then on the help side but like switching and like you know reading screen screens out i must have screens screens out to his teammates and sw- all that kind of stuff he's pretty bad at that very bad at it there's a lot of bucks that get given up because of that so that's something he needs to improve on but offensively i really like how he fits with them and what he's brought to them slashing and getting to the rim uh yeah, I, I think he's really taking advantage of where he came. Think of where Hamdou Diallo was at the beginning of the season, basically is what I'm saying. Think of where he was. He was off the, basically out the rotation, sitting down. He had a flare-up with Casey that caused Troy Reaver to come down from the seats and tell him, hey, come back here real quick. Get your ass back here. And now he's starting games, playing extremely well, deserving of the starting minutes, and it's fitting really well with the starting lineup. So I, it's great to see where Hamdou Diallo has come though, so far this season. He's playing extremely well for the Pistons. I really love to see it. It's, he's one of my favorite players to watch offensively when he's getting to the basket. It, he just makes hard drives look incredibly easy. And I promise you guys, they are not easy drives. They are extremely tough, tough drives that he just makes look easy. Uh, but that'll be the end of today's podcast. I appreciate you guys again for helping me get to a thousand subscribers over on YouTube at Lockdown Pistons. A big deal, man. That, that's, that's big time. That's absolutely big time. I appreciate it. Thank you again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Make sure you guys go make Lockdown Bets your second listen of every day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from your uh, Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your podcast platforms. Again, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Let me know what you guys think about this new starting lineup, Jeremy Grant possibly being traded. Do you like how they've looked so far without him? The Pistons finally broke their losing streak. They got a win. Let me know what you guys all think about all those things in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. And again, if you guys want to catch me over at Woodward Sports in the morning live show, make sure you go check me out after you listen to this podcast. I'll be over there early in the morning around 8.30-ish. Uh, but, yeah, 
Until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Go Pistons. They finally got a win, and I'll see you guys later.